0: Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hi, it's Dr. Patricia here, and I'm so excited to be with you again in this beautiful space. Thanks for joining. And today, what I wanted to do was to gift you with a Part 8 bonus Uh, of the seven-part series, uh, Deep Dive into Weight uh, and Achieving and Maintaining Your Ideal Weight Effortlessly. And the part that I think is really crucial to not leave out uh, is, and I don't know if you remember at the very beginning of this, uh, in the very first episode of this seven-part series, I said that I would likely remember more things that were relevant to this topic. As I went along. And sure enough, here it is (laughs) in this bonus part eight. And what it is, the topic of this is timing matters. Okay. So it's not just what we eat and how we eat, but it's so crucial to understand that when you eat is as and sometimes even more important. For example, I had a client that I was working with and, you know, she was uh, trying to achieve her ideal weight and we had been really working on optimizing her nutrition, making sure it was sending the right hormonal signals. We, we worked on how she was eating. Like uh, she had to sit down for every meal, every food she put in her mouth, she had to sit down and eat slowly and appreciate her meal Uh, So that she could be in a state of rest and digest versus, you know, a state of like fight or flight where you're like distracted, running around, maybe driving, maybe putting something in your mouth and not even really paying attention to it because your mind is all over the place. Right. So um, we had gotten to that and she still wasn't seeing the results that she wanted. And it was when we focused on the timing of the meals that everything just clicked into place for her. And the reason for that is because of the science of our bodies, the way that our bodies have internal clocks and internal rhythms. So there are natural rhythms in our body in which certain parts of our body are optimized to work at certain times of the day and to not really work well at other times of the day. And the science behind this is called circadian science or circadian medicine. And circadian means circa, circa means around, and circadian means around the day. So it's cutting edge science, uh, demonstrating that every part of our body has this like internal clock during which it's like either kind of sleeping, so to speak, and not functioning optimally or functioning optimally. And that kind of every organ, like your gut and your liver and your brain and your heart has like its own kind of rhythm through the day. Some of them overlap and some of them don't. And what's interesting is if you look at um, the sort of more ancient wisdom, so to speak, of like uh, Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, they have always spoken about the importance of when to eat. So when to break your fast. So breakfast, historically, like before we gave it this term breakfast, what it meant was to break your fast and your fast is the period of time that you're not eating uh, from the time that you stop eating the day before eating or drinking something caloric to the next morning when you eat or drink something caloric. And what do I mean by caloric? Well, for example, like um, a herbal tea, water, and a coffee, as long as that coffee or tea don't, don't have like milk, you know, any kind of milk um, or you know, butter or coconut oil or MCT oil, any of those things added to it, or sugar, of course, sweetener. If they don't have anything added to them, it's just the water, the uh, coffee, uh, and then the water itself, of course. Um, That, when you're drinking those things, you're still in a fasted state, like your body is not working to take anything caloric, break it down and use it for energy. And when you are in a fasted state, There are certain uh, body functions that that work better because they are not being distracted by having to take care of the food or drink that you're eating or drinking in terms of breaking it down for its calories. Okay, so when you are waking up in the morning and you you're in a fasted state compared to like the last time that you ate. So from last time that you ate, ate or drank to the time that you wake up in the morning. And then when you go to break your fast in the morning, that time is a fasted state, okay? And then from the time that you break your fast in the morning to the last time that you eat or drink at night, that's your like, your eating state, okay? Like your eating, drinking state, your caloric state, all right? And historically, these sort of ancient practices, they recommended that you have that you don't break your fast too early. So, you know, not eating uh, or drinking anything caloric before, let's say, 8 a.m., okay? And they also recommended um, stopping eating or drinking about two to three hours before going to bed. And so if our ideal, for most humans, our ideal time to go to bed is around 10 o'clock, give or take an hour, so for some people earlier than that, but no earlier than nine. And for some people later than that, but typically not later than 11. And that's something we'll get into later. Uh, but it is important to understand that, um, you know, if you're, if we're going to set the time to be around 10 o'clock, then that means not eating or drinking anything caloric after ten after sorry 8 p.m. at the latest. And so... If you were to take the extremes of that, like the the biggest extremes of that, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., that means that your eating state is around 12 hours and your fasting state is around 12 hours. Okay. And what's really interesting about that ancient traditional recommendation is that there's actually science, very strong science to support why this is super important. And the reason for that is the research that was actually the Nobel prize in 2015 was awarded to one of the gentlemen who discovered uh, what is the magic that happens in the fasted state. And that is the process of what I'm going to give you the, the scientific term first, and then I'll explain it to you uh, the process of autophagy, a U T O P H A G Y. So autophagy, what it means in Latin is to eat oneself, but It could also be like, um, you could say, uh, you know, the other term that would describe this process well is to clean oneself or to self-clean. Because what happens is when you're in the fasted state, the part of your body that is responsible for like, um, you know, when you're eating is responsible for monitoring your food and making sure sure that your food is safe, like not full of bacteria or mold or, uh, you know, parasites, just to, you know, to be keep an eye on that, so to speak, that part of your body, which is your immune system, when it's not having to do that job, it turns around and it looks inside of your body for things it can clean up. So kind of like cleaning up the garbage of the body. So if, if you have excess skin, it'll clean that up. If you have excess fat, it'll clean that up. If you have broken down body parts, like uh, broken down protein that no longer works properly, it'll go in and take it out and clean that up. Um, and that is such a crucial, crucial, um, thing to have to happen in your body. Cause imagine if you like, didn't take out the garbage in your home, eventually over time, there'd be like this slow buildup of garbage. And eventually your, bo- your home would be like junked up with garbage. Well, that's what happens with the body. If it doesn't have enough time to do that work and what the research shows is that the minimum amount of time that your human body so this applies to like all humans really the minimum amount of time that your body needs to do that uh, and to have that kind of consistently over time is 12 hours in the 24-hour cycle okay and so I, I noticed that a lot of people um, and this is so interesting to me because I'll have people working with me where they are like You know, again, like with this client, like eating all the right things, doing all the right things, but not seeing the shifts is because when I really got into it with her, she was waking up in the morning around like six o'clock and then having a breakfast, like right away, pretty much, Um, and then eating through the day and then coming home and having her dinner around like seven o'clock, finishing eating around eight, sometimes even like finishing eating around nine. And the thing is, that is for your body too much eating time. And too little uh, cleaning time. Okay, the the other and of course there's never just one reason why something like this works for our health is because when you are in a fasted state, the hormonal messages, like um, messages of your body, the hormones in your body are different than when you're in an eating state. Okay, so when you're in an eating state. The hormones that are released in your body is to store fat, right? That kind of makes sense because like in the old days when we had to survive on very little food, it wouldn't make sense for you to eat something and your body was like, okay, burn the fat. You know, it's like, no, we need to like store this fuel that we're currently putting into the body. So you're basically, your hormones are telling your body, um, store the fat, store the fat when you're eating. And when you're not eating, the body's like, okay, we are not getting energy in. So now we have to burn the fat for energy. So I remember when I was in medical school, um, someone said something like, oh, we should be eating, uh, multiple meals a day so that the body never feels hungry. And so it doesn't go into starvation mode and tell us to store the fat. And you know what, it was, what is really interesting. And and this is like full disclosure. Like I confess, I confess that I just took that at face value. I, at that time in my medical school training, and it wasn't even a doctor who told me that it was just like a conversation that us medical students were having around the table. And uh, I never looked it up. I never looked up the research around it. Um, and so, and I just took it at face value. So that's what I would tell my patients, you know? And it was only when I started coming across the research on autophagy, circadian medicine, circadian science, um, and a whole bunch of like emerging research in this very interesting field of like the effects of fasting on hormones and the effects of eating on hormones. So, not just calorie counting, but rather the hormonal effects, as I started to realize that strategic fasting, so And because fasting is a word associated with um, deprivation for most of us, it's like, oh, I feel so deprived when I fast. The other way that you can think of it, and that I like to refer to it, is um, what's called time-restricted eating. So you restrict your eating time to a certain window. So the window I was speaking to about before was 12-hour window, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., for example. And actually most humans benefit from an even slightly more restricted time window, like 10 hours of eating slash drinking something caloric. So let's say, um, 8 AM to 6 PM. Okay. Something like that. Like you, you finish eating around 6 PM. And then the key is that you don't have like an after dinner snack, whether it's a drink or whether it's, um, um, you know, uh, like a food and then. You know, even with your wine, for example, people really like to drink wine. Well, the research on wine shows that wine is better had from a health perspective when you're taking it with your meal. And the best time in the day actually is between 4 and 6 p.m. So that's the circadian science of how to best healthily drink wine, which is interesting, is on a full stomach um, and between 4 to 6 o'clock um, and the later you get from that, the less healthy, like the more you get into the health harms rather than the health benefits of wine. Um, so uh, one of the reasons I do believe that we, uh, many of us have a hard time achieving our ideal weight and maintaining it is because we are waking up and eating our, we're breaking our fast right away rather than waiting for that golden window of around like eight o'clock at a 8 a.m. or so to start eat, breaking your fast or even later for some people. Like some people will even break their fast like around 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, for example, to kind of increase that fasting window like, and the self the body self-cleaning effect and the body like burning fat effect. Um, and then they're, breaking, they're like stopping eating or drinking something caloric way too late in the night. So they'll even like have their dinner at a really reasonable time, like finishing eating around seven o'clock, let's say. And then they'll stay up and around like 10 o'clock, this feeling of hunger hits. And they'll go in and um, you know, reach into the pantry or into the fridge for a snack. And what I want you to know is that that 10 o'clock or so wave of feeling of hunger is actually not a hunger signal. It's a signal from your body, from the pit of your stomach, literally like a gnawing kind of pain sometimes that is trying to tell you that you should be in bed because your body needs to clean itself. And the only time that certain body parts like the liver can clean itself is when you're in bed and in deep sleep. Okay. So that's the internal clock of the liver is to clean itself. um, Like uh, when you're sleeping and also the brain, the brain cleans itself between 10 PM and 2 AM. Okay. Give or take or depending on the person, but that's generally speaking the case. And so That's why we start to get into like problems with like, you know, um, having a hard time going to sleep once you hit like a certain point and you push past it, it's like your brain is wired and, but tired. It's like, once you miss the opportunity to go to bed at the right time, so your body can, your, your brain can like clean itself at night, like a self-cleaning oven, so to speak. Um, you, it starts to like really, upset the balance of the body and you start to get all of these weird signals like hunger signals even though you don't need to and you should not be eating around that time of night why is that a problem to eat like after seven eight o'clock at night Um, is that your body has certain things it needs to do remember the circadian science uh, uh, certain things it needs to do at night and it can only do it if it's not having to do other tasks like digest okay so when you put something in your mouth, the body has a process it has to go to to digest that thing, right? And if you put something in your mouth at the wrong time, it, it distracts the body from the other task it should be doing at that time, for example, cleaning the brain out or cleaning the liver out, which happens at night in the deep sleep time, okay? So the one reason we start to Gain weight is because we slowly but surely have been eating at the wrong time. We're eating too early and then eating or drinking too late. So eating or drinking too early, eating or drinking too late. Um, And then eating too many meals in between. Like, you know, sometimes because if you break your fast that early in the morning, chances are you're going to get hungry around the mid-morning and have a snack and then you're going to eat your lunch, and then you're going to get hungry around the afternoon, have a snack, and then you're going to eat your dinner, and then you might even have a snack after that. And, you know, it's very evident from the research and just from my, my clinical experience that that generally does not work to get you to where you want to be in terms of your effortless ideal weight. So sometimes um, a very important thing to, to start off with actually is to um, take a piece of paper, and when you start the day just write out when you first break your fast and when you last break your fast and how often you're breaking your like how often you're eating in between just to gain awareness around where you're at with that and then if you're outside of that eating window of around 10 to 12 hours start to narrow that window down so you get to 10 to 12 hours and ideally you'd be ending your eating window about two to three hours before you go to bed. So you have to work that out for yourself, what that looks like. So for me, um, I break my fast between eight and nine o'clock in the morning. And then I, I really, I try really hard to end my fast around seven, my eating around seven o'clock at night. And I would even eat earlier if I could, but life, you know, our lifestyle makes it hard to hit that target. And there was even a time in my life when I was post-baby and having a really hard time losing the weight. Like I had already breastfed, all of that stuff was done. And now I was left with this post-baby weight. And I was like, goodness gracious, how come I can't get this off, even though I'm exercising and I'm eating like what I think are the right things? One of the reasons for this was that I was just like, I had gotten to a pattern of like having an early breakfast and a late meal. So what I did was I restricted my eating window for a short period of time to um, eight hours. So I would skip the morning meal and I would break my fast around noon. So I would have my breakfast at lunch, but I would eat like a lunch meal, not a breakfast meal, like a plate full of vegetables, a handful of whole grains, properly prepared, and a palm-sized serving of happy animal meat. And then I would have like a little fruit snack in the middle, maybe with some nuts, Um, to balance my sugars, and then I would have my dinner around like 6.30, so I'd be done eating by like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And the important thing to do is that if you're doing that, you have to make sure that the foods that you are eating during that time are highly nutritious, very nutrient-dense. You cannot waste your eating window on poor quality foods when you're you're kind of narrowing the window down to that eight-hour eating window, okay? And that's called intermittent fasting as well. And I would do that Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I would have like breakfast with the family. Um, And that really worked well for me. And it helped me lose like all of my body, my baby weight um, just, you know, fell off. And I, my hormonal balance got back on track. And because I had learned by that point in time to really pay attention to my body after about a year or so of eating that way, which sounds like a really long time, but it didn't feel like a long time for me because it was really working for me at the time. So it was effortless. Um, after about a year, I noticed my body was starting to get like hungry for breakfast again. So I listened to my body cues and I reintroduced my morning breakfast at like, you know, around eight o'clock in the morning. So, you know, for me, it's, that looks like an overnight soaked oats with some, um, sprouted nuts, maybe a spoonful of like tahini or, um, pumpkin seed butter, um, you know, some blueberries sprinkled on top, maybe some like shredded coconut, that kind of stuff. Just something really like grounding for me to start the day off. And um, that really, really worked for me. And because I had already like reset my hormones and reset my weight, um, I paid attention to my weight and my weight stayed the same because um, it was what my body then needed at that time. And every now and then when I notice I'm like, needing a little bit of a break from eating, like maybe I've overdone it for a little while or my weight's kind of creeping back up again, you know, I'll, I'll reintroduce the intermittent fasting. And I will never go beyond the 12-hour window, okay? So um, that is something that I truly, truly like stick to with the rare exceptions if like I'm going out for dinner and it's a late dinner. And then what I'll do the next day is I will delay breaking my fast until around noon, to kind of compensate for the late night of eating that I had the night before to have like more of that fasted time. Okay. Now this advice uh, works for um, most people. However, it does not constitute medical advice. So if your medical doctor is telling you to eat a certain way, then go and have a conversation with them about it. Cause this is not like, this is not meant to be medical advice. And the people who have to be very careful with this and should, and, sh- and should just be very aware is that if you're someone who tends towards having an eating disorder around controlling your foods, um, be very attentive to whether or not doing this kind of thing triggers your, um, your need for control over your foods, right? Because the, the difference between this being like a healthy thing to control and an unhealthy thing is like a razor's edge. And you have to be very attentive to this. However, as long as you're not narrowing like more than that, like getting too dramatic, like some people will narrow it down to six hours or four hours or do one meal a day. That's in my opinion for women excessive. Okay. And that itself, like being too restrictive can cause its own hormonal imbalance. Okay. Some men can get away with that. um, But for women, particularly if you're still menstruating. So if you're menopausal, You actually have, if you're in menopause, you actually have a little bit more wiggle room to do a little bit more of a time restriction, like eight hours, six hours a day. Um, However, you have to pay attention to your muscle mass, okay? You need to be able to get very high quality protein during that time and support your digestive powers so that whatever food you are eating, you're really breaking down and absorbing well. So pay attention to You know, your muscle mass, or you're getting enough protein during that window. And obviously, if you're a very slim individual to begin with, um, like you're underweight or you're like um, experiencing problems with like cachexia from cancer, where some cancer patients get really skinny, you would definitely need medical supervision to do anything like this. And um, you would be doing it more for the fasting benefits on things like cancer, which there are um, some benefits to strategic. Um, fasting with certain kinds of cancer at certain times, but you would definitely have to partner with a health professional in order to do that. The other group of people that you want to be very aware of is women who are trying to get pregnant, are pregnant and are breastfeeding, okay? So for all of those three categories, yes, you can still do the 12 hour eating window, okay? You do not need to eat more than that window, even if you're trying to get pregnant, even if you're pregnant and even if you're breastfeeding, okay? How do we know that just look at every single traditional culture on this planet? Like if you do, if you do, um, you know, and I traveled around the world and I was very observant and I was very interested in nutrition at the time, you know, the women would get up, they would do some work, they would do some housework, they would prepare their foods, whatever. And they would break their fast around like eight or nine o'clock. And then they would, you know, go through their day. Um, They would sit down and eat their lunch. They might have a snack in the afternoon and they would sit down and eat their dinner And they'd be done by around, uh, in some countries, six o'clock in other countries, seven or eight. Okay. So, um, and they would like, I, and no place did I see them, the people following their traditional patterns of eating, eating or snacking after the dinner. Like it's just unheard of. They would have like water, you know, if they, if they needed it. Right. Um, so they're. And then there are women who are like, well, I really want the benefits of autophagy uh, while I'm breastfeeding, uh, you know, or while I'm pregnant. And what I would say is that's not really the time to do it. There will come a time when you, when you are no longer responsible for nourishing this child within and this child on your breast. Um, and when that time comes, you'd be surprised at how quickly this works, like this tool works, you know, time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Um, however, don't use this tool at the wrong time because it can be quite damaging, right? So stick to the 12 hour window, make sure you're getting really good nutrients in between. And a lot of women who are breastfeeding, uh, they say to me, well, I get hungry in the middle of the night. And I'm like, well, you're not hungry. You're thirsty and you're thirsty for the, for the, for a mineralized water. So water with minerals in it. So historically we always drank Water from like freshwater springs. They had a lot of minerals in it. Um, And what happens is that when you filter water, it gets safer and cleaner, but it also becomes less mineralized. And so you want to make sure that you have mineralized water. So you can either purchase like non carbonated mineralized water in glass bottles or even cheaper. And what I do is that for every um, eight ounces of water, you just put a tiny little pinch of really good quality sea salt, so not table salt, but sea salts like Himalayan or Celtic, rock salts, you know, natural salts, because these salts have 82 minerals in them, not just two from table salt. Table salt has chlorine and sodium, sodium and chlorine, right? Um, what you want to do is you want to get the, uh, like, leave this very toxic Table salt to the side. Don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Throw it out. That's the kind of table salt that causes problems with high blood pressure. But the sea salt is um, very important. Uh, you know that animals in nature will go out of their way to find like natural deposits of salt and lick it or chew it. Like even elephants will do that. Um, deer do that. That's why we put like salt licks in nature. You know, like if you if you live in the country, you'll have like salt licks for the deer to come and lick it. And it's because from our very initial evolution, we came from the ocean and our bodies are like bags of ocean carrying around salt water. And we need the natural minerals of salt to um, balance out our body blood. And so if you're drinking a lot of filtered water or even tap water, which is filtered, you may not be getting enough minerals. So you need to put just a teeny little pinch, not a lot, you know, stir it around. It shouldn't be salty. It actually ends up being like a little bit sweet, you know, because it's mineralized. Um, And then you have to hit your, um, like how much water you need to drink. And this is for everyone who's trying intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating is that what will make you successful in the end is whether or not you're hydrated enough with the right kind of water, which is this mineralized water. So the way you do that, you figure that out is you take your body weight in pounds. So obviously if you're pregnant, your body weight is like a lot higher. Um, And so there's going to reach a point where it, it'll it seem like ridiculous amounts of water. So pay attention to that. Obviously, like it shouldn't be ridiculous amounts of water. It's just more to give you an idea that, you know, you do need more water when you are, um, when you are larger, you need more water because there's more body tissues that require water for function. All right. So you take your body weight in pounds, divide that in two, and that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking through the day. So if I weigh... Um, you know, 120 pounds divided in two, that's 60 pounds and ounces, that's 60 ounces. I should be drinking 60 ounces of water a day. Okay. And that water should be mineralized. And I mineralize the water that I, that I, um, like I mineralize my coffee, I mineralize my teas, you know, like I'm just drinking mineralized water through the day. Um, and actually, I always tended to have like problems with blood pressure being way too low. And I find that I don't have that problem anymore. And I've been very careful with my, with my clients who have high blood pressure, and we've really monitored their blood pressure over time. And actually, because we're on a whole body protocol when we work together, um, that plus the whole body protocol ends up that their high blood pressure comes down. Now, it's not coming down because of the sea salt or the natural salt, it's coming down despite of it, or maybe because of it, because it may be that your, you know, your bodily functions definitely better when it has enough of all of the minerals that it needs, right? Like 82 minerals. Where else are you getting those minerals from, right? It's very, very, um, those are very specific sources of minerals that our body needs. I love, I was watching this movie once and there was like, it was about Italy in in the history of Italy, basically. And uh, they talked about how there was almost civil war in Italy at one point in time because one town threatened to cut off the salt trade to another town. And that was so devastating to them that they almost went to war over it. So, um, and there's also research to show that there are certain, um, like, there were certain trade routes set up in North America um, between the indigenous people here. And that's where the towns were built were like along these salt trade routes. And it was when those salt trade routes started to be disrupted um, with colonization that a lot of the uh, a lot of their problems started to um, appear. Um, Obviously, that's, you know, that I always find that very interesting. So when you start to pay attention to, you know, historical historical, um, like the history of sea salt and natural salt and how also that relates to our body functions. I have no hesitation in telling you that what I do is I do sprinkle a tiny little bit of salt into my water, into all of my drinking water, um, to properly mineralize it. And you just stir it around so it dissolves and it should not taste salty. If you're concerned, definitely monitor your blood pressure and see if it starts to get too high um and you can do like a little mini experiment for yourself and if you don't have a blood pressure machine you know certain stores like pharmacy stores have like those blood pressure cuff you know monitors that you can use and you can just go there and take your blood pressure or you can buy a blood pressure monitor at home it's up to you uh, or you can go get it checked with your family doctor at your regular checkup so lots of different options if you want to start to do that but the key is that um when you're when you're trying to effortlessly achieve your ideal weight, you want to make sure that whatever you know sensations you have of hunger that you're experiencing, you want to figure out is it actually hunger, or is it that I'm awake at the wrong time, or is it that uh, I'm not properly hydrated, and this is actually one of my body's many cries for water that I'm confusing with a hunger call, and that actually when you're properly hydrating yourself, a lot of the hunger. And the food cravings just get better. And when your hormonal balance is improved by being in enough of a fasted state versus an eating state, that also has been shown to improve your hormonal balance. So you don't get these like crazy hormonal swings causing food cravings. All right. So give that a go. If that's something that feels right for you, obviously, if you have like a medical condition and you're concerned, um, you know, have a talk with your, uh, doctor, and what you can, what the way that you can open up this conversation is by using the medical terms, um, you know, intermittent fasting and circadian medicine. Um, so, the science of both of those areas and the science of autophagy. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, your doctor will either have heard of that or even better, not even better, but what I, it's not surprising if your doctor won't have heard of this necessarily. And what you would really want, the kind of response you would want is to say, wow, that's really interesting. Why don't I have a look into that? Okay. Why don't we look into this together? Um, And that is, um, you know, the kind of interaction that you want to have with your health professionals, because there is new science coming out every day. And it's sitting in a space of the not knowing and being open to new knowledge without immediately judging it or or casting it aside but rather you know being curious and looking into it and then and then sometimes it's like you know doing like a trial um you know giving it a go for about 1 month and you know um and if they're willing to monitor you and just make sure you're okay and you know um or if you want to reach out like to a person like me um you can certainly do that and i can be part of your healthcare team to sort of assist your healthcare team and assist you in navigating this process, um, I have seen results with my uh, clients starting in as little as two weeks. And I mean like really drastic positive results in people who haven't been seeing results for a very long time. And it is wonderful to see. So in terms of like tools in the tool belt, um, strategic fasting or time-restricted eating is so powerful. Like, I can't even say how powerful it is. It has been shown to reverse type 2 diabetes in research. That's how powerful it is. So I highly recommend you look into this and definitely reach out if you want more information. And uh, I hope that you found this interesting. I think this was a great way to cap off this seven-part series. finishing with a big bang. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. Bye.
1: everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode just a reminder this podcast is for educational purposes only this podcast is not a substitute for professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional this podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services if you are looking for help in your journey it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner if you would like to work with dr patricia for her expert health transformation guidance please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call you can also find dr patricia on instagram at dr patricia mills and facebook at wild wisdom for women with dr patricia mills md for access to all of dr patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks consider becoming a patreon member links are in the description of this episode It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health.